You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentle souls out there around the web and in your homes. You're probably not in on, on the web. You might be on the web. You're not in the web. You're wherever you are. I'm glad you're there, and I'm glad you're listening. We got some phone calls. We're going to get to some phone calls here in just a second uh, after this brief announcement. Nope, no announcements. All right, let's get to the let's get to the phone lines. What's uh, what's going on with you, caller? Let's start off the show with uh, strong, bad, whatever the name is. Uh, we got a bunch of calls. I can't promise I'm going to play more than one, but let's let's see how it goes. Uh, hey, strong, bad. It's Homestyle One O. We were confused, but you said you were gonna call into the podcast. I said I was gonna, I was gonna call into your pod. You have a podcast. I that was my suggestion to you that you should start a podcast. I didn't know you started one. What's the phone number? I'll call in. I didn't hear it. All right, just me, Homestyle One O. So, you- by the way, um. Just to get caught up on what Google has translated this conversation up to this point, he's going bad. It's Homestyle 10. Really confused, but you said you were going to call into the podcast. I didn't hear it. Trust me, homicide water. That's where we're at so far. The chicken! <laughs> Maybe you gotta find a pair of panty panties yeah. and call into the podcast, Swang Bad. Well, give me the phone I number. I into the Swang Bad podcast. How come you can't call in the podcast, Swang Bad? <laughs> Did you crack up a little bit at the end there? Anyways, he's not done. Let's see what else we got. Oh, hey, Swang Bad. What up? It's me, Homestyle Wadu. Hey, Homestyle. I'm thinking, right and up. I realize, you probably don't know how to call the podcast. Right. What you got to do is you got to pick up your cell phone. All right. And then you call phone number. Yep. And you call the podcast. Okay. So it's that easy. What's the phone number? So, strong bad. Better call in. Okay. And you can be cool like me. Yeah. Homestyle 10. Hey. Homestyle out. Got him. Uh, yeah, if you want to drop the phone number. In fact, if you if you call and leave a voicemail and drop the phone number, not only can I call, but all the listeners will hear it. They can call your podcast. It sounds like it'll be a good time. I see you called three more times. I'm going to skip these three so we can kind of get to some other callers. We'll maybe double back in a little bit. Um depending on how things are going, but let's see what JJ's got going on. Hey, Ryan, JJ. Hey. I've been thinking, uh, because you were talking about that chip dip. Yeah. It sounds absolutely awesome. Yep, it's good. And um, I picked up the ingredients to make that myself and give it a try. Talk to your cardiologist and, first. And uh, I wanted to share with you one of my favorite dips. So I call it sausage dip, but people always kind of snicker 
when you say sausage dip. So honestly, I'm kind of in the market for a new name for really? this. So here's what you do. So you go get just a roll of breakfast sausage. Okay. I would recommend like uh, Bob Evans original, sure. something like that. Don't yeah. don't go fancy with any other flavors. Just I get it. Original. Yep. Brown that up. Yep. And then you're going to add two blocks of cream cheese. Nice. And one can of Rotel chilies. What is it? Chilies and tomatoes, I think. And you want the original flavor. They got like a mild or a extra hot or whatever. Just go with the original. And then this is the most important part. You got to serve it on Fritos scoops. But give it a try, man. It is out of this world. So, uh, hope you like it. So, I'm a little nervous about the Rotel. I'm just going to be honest. I don't like chunks of vegetables in anything that I eat, right? I eat salsa, and I literally will, like, scoop salsa up and then, like, shake the chunks off and just eat the juice on the chips. I'm not eating the chunks. So, I mean, it, it sounds like the bre- breakfast sausage chip dip by itself makes me want to try it. I just, I'm trying to figure out what the benefit of the chunks of vegetables would be, or or if there's some kind of a substitute I could put in there, possibly. I'll have to think about it, but um, yeah, I'll try it. Uh, JJ's not done. What's going on, man? Your name's JJ. Hey, Heard you talk about Mission Impossible I and did. how much it stunk. It was rough. And you're right. The first one is terrible. Uh, so I wanted to call in and give you a review of kind of the Mission Impossible movies, and also Top Gun, because, you know, Tom Cruise, and yeah. and I just saw Top Gun Maverick. I get it. So, we'll do Top Gun first. Um, the original Top Gun. Glorious. Man, back when it came out, I bet it was absolutely fantastic. Yep, it was. Uh, it stinks now. Does it's it? It's so cheesy and corny. I haven't seen slow. it in probably 10 years. Um, definitely some good stuff in it, some good action scenes and stuff. I like it, though. The new one, Maverick. It's amazing. I've heard it's they amazing. All the stuff that made the first one great, and they got rid of all the really weird, uh, slow, Ouch. weird, corny, cheesy stuff. So Maverick is awesome. As far as Mission Impossible, yeah, I think the first movie in that series is only good for nostalgia. Okay, uh, I never saw the second one because I had enough people tell me that it sucked, so I never watched it. Okay, but starting with three. That's worth watching. I All right, let me let me uh, let me get caught up here. Let me let me pull it up so I know exactly so I can follow along as we're going through this here. So three, I think, if this is right. So Mission Impossible, not great. Mission Impossible two, terrible, presumably. And then MI three, which was two thousand and six, was worth watching. All right, continue on. Three, don't worry about the first two. And then the fourth one is uh, called Ghost Protocol. Ghost Protocol. I think yep. that one is quite good. 2011. And then I enjoyed the fifth one, Rogue Nation. thought that was also really good. So okay. you got like a, a trio of really good ones. Yep. And then they followed up with Fallout, which is okay. You know, if you if you watch three, Protocol or Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation, and you kind of just want some more, you know, then, then Fallout is worth watching. But I think it's a little bit of a step down from that trio. Fair enough. Definitely skip one and two. Uh, I just just learned that they're making this Dead Reckoning Part One and Two. So let me let me just pause real quick, just to be clear. 
I can skip one and two and I don't miss anything, or am I forced to watch one and two so I get a baseline of who the characters are and what all is going on? Um, just, just curious. Or whatever. You know how I feel about it, doing the part one and two. I'm sure I'll watch the first one and see if it's any good, but it feels like a bit of a stretch. Anyways, that's my recommendation. Philip Seymour Hoffman is in Mission Impossible 3, and uh, he is no longer with us. He's passed on, but I felt like that movie was kind of like his, you know, breakout potential. Really thought he was going to go on and make some awesome stuff after that, but he, he passed away not too long after making that movie, which is a shame, but uh, delivered a fantastic performance in that. Anyway, there you go. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. He's a... I don't, I don't know if I knew he died either. I can't keep up on anything, man. Um, Tom survived the night. Tom is with us and uh, would like to send a message. So, Tom, how you doing, man? How you holding up? Hello. This hey. is Tom Dawson calling in for Pack Night After Dark. Hey, man. All right. I'm still running away from the Vikings guy. Yesterday, I took out the Bears guy and the Lions. He followed me. He almost had me. You... You killed them, or you? What do you mean you took them out? I feel like we're on a Mission Impossible set right now. So the last final stretch, then sort of choked. I don't know what happened there. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> keep going. Uh, first question: Who on the team is going to have the most rushing and receiving yards together? So not just receiving, not just rushing. Who's going to have the most the, the most combined? Aaron Jones. Second question. Yeah. What are... How would you Mm -hmm. make the depth chart for the receivers? Love to hear that. How... You you mean, how would I as a human being physically make the team, or or how would I sort them currently? Uh, We'll go with the second one, because the first one would take a lot of... A lot of explaining... um, to, to get there. Uh, I mean, I could totally do it, but it would, you know, it would take some convincing. So right now, Lazard is wide receiver one. I think that could potassium could possibly get, um, get stripped away at some point. But as of right now, that's just how it is. And I don't think that's really going to change. Um, Sammy Watkins, I still think is number two. I know Romeo's having a good camp, but I think it's still Lazard and Sammy at this point in time with Randall Cobb as the number one slot guy. Behind Sammy and Lazard, right now I think is Romeo, just because it has to be. Now, I'm, I'm separating the slot and the, the boundary guys, so where Amari fits in that whole thing, I don't really know, but he's the, Amari's the number two slot. Behind Lazard and Sammy is Romeo Dobbs. Now, maybe if Watson can come back in a hurry, he can end up stripping that job away from Romeo but he's got to hurry up and he's got to make an impact. So Lazard, then Sammy, then Romeo, then it's Christian Watson. I know he hasn't done anything yet, but he is a lock to make the roster and nobody behind that is because at that point with with those four and Randall and Amari, who are definitely going to make the team, that's six. And all six are locks. Well, I shouldn't say locks. Sammy is not necessarily a lock, but I, I think as of right now, it's, it's I'm comfortable saying he is. Behind that, I have Jawan Winfrey. I think... Samori Ture is intriguing, but I think the the biggest thing with Ture is that he's easily stashed on the practice squad. I don't know if Winfrey is even eligible anymore. I don't know. I don't want to look it up, but the point is he's a veteran. They know him. They like him. They trust him. 
not maybe having quite as good of a camp as Samori Ture, but I think the veteran status would kind of give him a leg up. Um, after Winfrey, I'm not entirely sure. Um, it might be Malik Taylor, then Samori Ture, but I, I don't really know. And part of me is thinking just because we're so far away from possibly making the depth chart that Malik Taylor might just be completely off the roster. If so, you might as well just slot Samori in there. But either way, Malik has come back and hasn't really done anything yet. So I'm going to say Samori Ture, then Malik Taylor, then Danny Davis, who's also having actually a, quite a good camp, but obviously he has no real chance of making the roster at this point. He's sort of a maybe somewhere down the line after we lose a bunch of wide receivers, he can be sort of a Jeff Janis or something. I don't know. After that is Ishmael Hyman. Um, I think he is, I mean, he's he's always been kind of off the roster, but maybe he could have been a practice squad stash. I don't think he is at this point. Um, after his two muffed punts, I just think he's he's kind of trending in the wrong direction. And then after that is Osiris Mitchell, who I just have not really heard his name hardly at all. By the way, there there is the, well, we, we won't go down that rabbit hole. That, that's kind of how, how I see it so far. Continue. Third question. Third? Um, later on, you're going to get a phone. It's going to oh, sound yeah, the, like it's from me. Aaron Jones thing, sorry. It's going to be from the same phone. They clone my phone and my voice. Hmm. The question is, uh, I hope that you respond properly to it. But the question for that, I keep on losing train of thought. Yeah, you do. Night. I'm bit. running for my life. It's fine. Scared. I get it. Stay safe. How would you distract a Vikings fan? Do you just bring up, like, field goals throughout the years? Love to hear it. Bye. How would you distract a Vikings fan? So, again, trying to uh, escape the clutches of people trying to murder him i guess i don't i'm not sure um distract a vikings fan you could try yelling skull see the, the problem is you're going to draw them to you if you do a lot of this stuff i wonder if you can get a recording i'm trying to think you know like what i've seen in movies and stuff set up a recording of the vikings horn sound you know and make sure it's on like a loop but set it like 30 seconds apart. So they hear it and they're like, Ooh, what was that? And they walk toward it. And then there's nothing. And they're like, what the heck did that? Maybe even like a minute apart, just so much that when they finally give up and they're like, all right, I got to find him again. Then they hear it again. They're like, what the heck was, you know, that'll give you some time to get away. If that's even what you're asking, I guess. Next up caller. Number five, you're on the line. All right. Daddy. Uh, first time, long time. All right. Just uh, listen to the podcast he did today. Talking about Tanya's comments. My question is simple. Um, what does this team have to do, um, either in the regular season by their play or by their words or, or by their practice habits? I don't know what it is. What do they have to do to um, get you to trust them in the playoffs where we're not going to see what we've seen um, the last three, four years? Uh, just just curious what, what they'll have to do for you. Uh, and then just to fire everybody up, hopefully you can hear this. <laughs> Getting drowned out a little bit, but we got it. Soon. Soon. All right. Um, that does get me fired up, man. Every single time it gives me chills. So kind of talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I I, I just think it comes down to confidence. Um, according, you know, if we take Tunyon at his word that they get to the end of the year and they feel like they don't belong or whatever kind of nonsense. And the defense, again, they looked really good. And what does the defense have? They've got swagger. 
I don't think, I mean, the, the offense can be good, but what we haven't seen from the offense is just sort of this indomitable spirit, kind of like the defense has of we're the best and we know we are. Even when we had you know, Rodgers and Devontae and Bakhtiari and, you know, Balaga or wh- whoever it was at the time where it's like we got the best tackle duo, we got the be- one of the best offensive lines, we got the best quarterback, we got the best running back, we got the best wide receiver, we got the da 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 I don't super remember them getting kind of cocky about it, you know? And I'm not saying that's necessarily a requirement, but at this point in time with a team that apparently starts to get down on themselves after winning 13 games in the regular season three years in a row, I don't know how that happens, but that's what Tunyon is saying is happening. There needs to be an infusion of confidence, I guess, and just feeling like you are a good football team and that you belong and it's so stupid even saying these words because it sounds so ridiculous and pathetic. But, um, you know, that that's what it has to be. They have to know that they're really freaking good at football. And apparently winning football games isn't enough for them. So here, here, here's a thought. Outside of just a subjective measure of their attitude as they walk around the football field, here's something tangible that we can maybe look to. And it's something the Packers haven't really been very good at, and that is the, the point differential metric which essentially is a domination metric. It's not just beat teams, it's smash teams. We need more games of, you know, 35 to 7, you know, 24 to 49. And they may be harder to come by these days, I don't know, but I just feel like we need more of that. And maybe with the defense's help, we can have more blowouts, even when we score like 28. You know, 28 to 7, maybe that'll be good enough to give them some confidence. I don't know, but but that would be the one tangible metric don't just beat teams. You need to beat them by a wide margin. That that point differential metric needs to be higher for the Packers. And it never really has been, at least not recently. Even with the good record that they've had, they've been kind of lacking in the point differential department. Anyways, let's slip in another uh, call from an unknown caller. I'm not sure what's going on here, but let's see. This is a threat from the apocalypto. You will never hear from Homestar Runner or Thomas Austin ever again. You will never hear from Apocalypto ever again. You will never see your children again. Okay, Okay, maybe that's too far. But I will freaking kill Homestar Runner if you do not release the strong bad voicemail. Anyways, let's talk more about tipping. When the heck tips their garbage mind? Is that a real thing? And is it okay to tip women? Won't that be insulting because you're insinuating they need the money or something? We need answers. Is it okay to tip women. Is that what you said? It's hard to tell when it's a robot. Uh, there's a lot going on here. You're threatening Homestyle Runner or Homestyle Auto or whatever his name is, and Thomas Austin. Maybe that's who's chasing Thomas Austin. Maybe it's Apocalypto. Oh, man. If I don't release the voicemails. Okay. Two people tip their garbage man. I don't know. I guess so. I know about the mailman thing. I've never thought about the garbage man thing, but it makes sense. It's the exact same concept, I guess. And should you tip women because you're insinuating that they need more money or something? Again, I don't know if that's what you said, but um, I don't know the answer to that. To be clear, this is a Packers podcast, so I, I, I have a very narrow scope in terms of things that I claim to have knowledge about. Just just want to throw that out there, just so we're, just we're all on the same page here. Anyways, I think that's enough from... Uh, the uh, unknown caller list for the day. Let's uh, let's move on to the next caller here. We'll do this. Will be the last one. Then we'll take a break. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah, Brian Schlipp. What up? Hello. Hi, Todd. Bro, we know 
Nevada. Hello. Hi. So, Ryan, I just wanted to say, love your show. Thank you. I am a Patreon subscriber for the year. Appreciate that. Um, the one thing I want to ask, I got three things for you. All right, perfect. First of all, seems to be a theme. Do you think the NFL is going to investigate uh, Aaron Rodgers' psychedelic drug, Ashashkwa? And that, and the, is he going to get any um, punishments from the NFL from that? Question two. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't really know much about it. Um, first of all, I don't even honestly know if it's illegal. I, I don't know. But um, beyond that, I just saw something recently. I didn't click on it because I don't really care. But it was an article written by somebody, Tom Silverstein or something, saying that. Rogers will not be in trouble for his ayahuasca use. So that information is out there somewhere. I don't really care about it. I will start to care when I start seeing investigations into Aaron Rodgers things or whatever. But uh, it's my understanding that he'll be, he'll be fine. You know what's a fun thing to do? What? If you have serious XM radio... I don't. Always listen to a game okay. where... The team that's winning all of a sudden starts losing due to a fumble <laughs> and interception, a bad call. And turn your serious radio <laughs> to the opposition who just started to lose. And I love listening to the whining that's brilliant. of the other team talking about the officiating or no call <laughs> or stuff like that, especially if it's the Lions and the Bears and the Vikings and they start losing. That's a fun thing to do in that. So... If you're, wa- if you're watching the red zone, it's real fun to follow. It's real easy to follow who's losing in that. So, and I also found out that my favorite cheese curds in Wisconsin is from Cousins. So, Cousins? Have a good day. Cousins Subs? Bye-bye. Bye. Cousins Subs has cheese curds? I think Cousins, uh, okay, hold on. Again, I don't do subs, so I don't know a single thing about um, about what what sub stuff, what they have and whatnot. Let's see. Let me check out their menu. Pick up, because I don't care. I don't care about the location. I just want to see your... Oh, my goodness. Order now. Yes. Dude, you're, you're... All right. Sides and soups. There you go. Large Wisconsin cheese curds. I may have to do that. I'll tell you what, man. They're milkshakes? Cousins? And they got the root beer floats? I don't really want a sub, but it looks like they got some good food here. I wonder what else they got. Maybe they have real food that actually tastes good that I could order. Not stupid sandwiches. I wonder where the closest Cousins is to me. I don't think I've ever had a Cousins sub, which is weird because, you know. Um, that one is permanently closed, so that's not that. So I guess Madison is uh, as close as it gets. All right, all right, all right. I'll try to make a mental note of that. What else were you, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 the, the SiriusXM thing. So one thing I have done, uh, you maybe heard it a little bit last year when I did Laughing at the Enemy, is you find the watch parties because you'll have YouTubers that will watch entire football games and they'll stream the whole thing. And then obviously when things go poorly, you find those highlights. And um, so kind of similar, I've done that before and, and taken clips off for the podcast and whatnot. So that's pretty glorious. So I've kind of done that, but that that is pretty smart. Especially if you can get some kind of a timestamp going on with that, you know what I mean? I got to find a way to like timestamp these things so I can more easily go back and say, okay, around this time, things should be going haywire. 
you know, because I want to record it for the podcast, not just for my own personal entertainment. So I want to be able to get it later. But love that recommendation as well as the cheese curd recommendation. Also, tell me about their uh, milkshakes because those look freaking delicious. Um, why don't we take a break? As uh, Tom from Reno mentioned, he is a patron. And you can be too for as little as $1 per month at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. It would mean everything to me. It really would. I know you're tired of hearing me talk about it. But legitimately, if every if if just every single person listening to this is like, fine, fine, I'll do it. And they they just went to Patreon and they said, here's a dollar. Shut up. Do you understand that I would not have to do anything ever again? This is it. This is all I'd ever have to do is, is provide to you Packernet and Packernet After Dark and YouTube live streams, etc., etc., etc. But it starts with you saying, you know what? Fine. I'll do it. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Check it out. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Ryan Slip. This is Thomas Austin. Why is this a thing? Did you guys all get together and like, we should call in and pretend we're like robots? Calling in to my show. No. Hop, hop, hop. <laughs> First question. Oh, geez. You're going to do it the whole time? What team scares you? I guess so. In the NFC, I know there's been similar questions like this, right? But what team scares you? Yeah. Question That's it, number. Huh? <sighs> I'll say Tampa. I'll just go with Tampa. I've got a lot of questions about other teams. There's plenty of teams that that worry me. Um, basically, all of them to some extent, but. I'll just go with Tampa because until I see that they're bad, I'll just assume that they're going to be really good again because, you know, that's just what they do. Two, what ways 
Do do you see the Packers imploding during the season and postseason? What ways do I see the Packers imploding? Um, right now, I think my biggest concern is the offensive line. We'll see what happens when everybody gets back, and and I'm excited about the defense and everything. But, um, yeah, if the offensive line can't figure it out, we're kind of doomed. You know, I, I hate to, you know, drop drop that ever so famous line. Can only do two things: run and pass, and you can't do either without an offensive line. But really, I mean, if if Rodgers is under constant duress and his wide receivers are guys that he's not quite as in sync with as he was with guys like Devontae, meaning when things go crazy, he doesn't have anyone to lean on and we can't run the ball because, you know, offensive line, I think we're I think we're just kind of screwed, to be honest. So that needs to be better. Um, hopefully Bakhtiari comes back soon. John Runyon, I think, is solid. Josh Myers is a massive question mark. Uh, the right side of the offensive line is a massive question mark. I know Yash Nyman gets a ton of praise, but I think that needs to be kept in its proper context, which is cons- all things considered, he did a great job, but he's still like on that Billy Turner tier in which he gave up a massive amount of pressures and probably will continue to do so because, I mean, as much as I love him as, as a backup, and I'm very happy with the progress he's made, he's not a starting tackle, and he won't be, and that's for a reason. Um, so that would be... That's my biggest concern and, and the biggest area where I feel like if, if there's going to be an implosion, that's it. Aside from, obviously, injuries that could happen. Third question. Where would you locate a runaway a Green Bay Packer fan in the wild? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll get back to you. Uh, next caller. Hey, Ryan. This is Blake hey, Dad. Blake's Sorry dad. my uh, call for the family night didn't work. I forgot I had phones. Couldn't hear a thing. No, it was good, you got man. a close-up of my beard, so I apologize <laughs> for that. Uh, that was a disaster. No, but was- uh, I'm just wondering what what are your thoughts on uh, uh, Samari Toure, Mari Rogers, I know Toure showed out at family night, but I just, I don't know if I can see him making the actual um, 53. I know practice squad, I, I haven't listened to your gun to head 53 man lineup yet, but uh, just what do you think of Toure, I guess? He looks like he runs good routes, has good hands. All right, thanks. Um, Kind of already addressed it, I guess. Um. Uh, my my stance has been and will continue to be practice squad. There is a very slim chance I could see him sliding on. Um, one of those is if we keep seven. And again, even if we keep seven, I don't think he's the seventh. He could be. Um, but if we're talking like massive surprise, guess who made it? Uh, Samuri's one of them. That's one of two ways is we keep seven and Ture is that guy. The other would be Sammy Watkins doesn't make the cut, and again, still, shocker, um, he would end up being that guy. Obviously, you could combine the two and say Sammy leaves and we keep seven, in which case I think it's almost a guarantee, unless we do Jawan and Malik Taylor, which is entirely possible, because again, you don't really lose anything. You know, you, you're pretty sure Samori Ture is not going to be the guy where it's like, we have to have this guy this year. That's not going to be the case. 
um, he's going to be sort of a long-term, we got a lot of work to do and we're willing to be patient with him kind of thing. So I'm very confident he's going to be a practice squad guy. It would be a massive shock if he made the the active roster. And if he did, it would be um, really eye-opening in terms of what a major impact he's made on this team, where they feel like he's ready enough and can make a big enough impact that we don't want to stash him. We think he's going to make a big impact this year. And and again, this has nothing to do with him not being good enough. I think he's been maybe, as far as like positive notes go, he might be the second best wide receiver in camp as far as you know how many positive plays I've heard about him, you know, going up against twos and threes, but still. But again, it's it's really just comes down to there's no reason to push it, and that would be pushing it. Now, if we start hearing Ture is crushing it on special teams, then we can have a different conversation. But I haven't heard a single thing about him taking a single punt or kick return or anything like that. And something else I had talked, I think it was, I forget who I was talking to, if it was um, Clayton or... Bruce or whoever it was, but on one of these live streams, essentially, if you start talking about getting extra guys, you know, going with seven instead of six wide receivers, it's not just going to be because, hey, we really like the guy and we, we just feel like he's good enough to make the cut. We're talking special teamers. So we got six wide receivers. We got, you know, however many linebackers, however many this, and then there's going to be an, an extra number somewhere. It's going to be reserved for special teams players. And I don't think the wide receivers are going to be those guys. Maybe Winfrey and Taylor or something can contribute. I don't know. I don't remember. But I don't think so. Next up, we got Daryl. What's going on, man? Hey, Daryl. Or hey, Ryan. It's Daryl out of uh, Lubbock, Texas. Uh, hey, uh, just going off of uh, my last call. Just uh, yeah, yeah. You had you had the right, Daryl, man. Uh, my boy. I just got him signed in uh, this past Saturday in uh, Wayland Baptist University. Uh, he's super pumped. Uh, the linebacker coach. Apparently, there's only one Mike linebacker that's returning, fifth-year senior. So he's basically starting a second-string Mike nice. uh, in the middle. So he's pretty pumped and giving him that little extra motivation. Um, and then uh, I, I loved uh, the answer that you gave to him. It is uh, if, if they're not concentrating on uh, on their most important aspect of their life, they're going to – they're going to fall off a little bit. So it's not surprising about the whole video game or just anything like that. Right. Girlfriends and everything else in the private life affects the, the game. Absolutely. Uh, going off uh, the other thing, uh, how are you not going to mention Friday Night Lights? Uh, might be the best football movie. Uh, so I, I thought I did, and I thought I said I didn't care for it. But I, I might be wrong about that. Um, I... I I think I've only seen it once, and it was one of those I didn't like it, and so I didn't watch it again kind of thing. So maybe could revisit it and give it a second shot. But if I didn't like it when it first came out, I doubt I'm going to like it now. I know it's super popular. I get that. I I don't even like saying it because I know in some circles it's considered blasphemous, which is true of a lot of football movies. There's some that, especially football fans, love them so much. But like I said, I I don't think there's a lot of good football movies out there. I mean, there's some that are entertaining. Um but none that I, like the Remember the Titans, I remember I really liked it, but even now it's like, I don't want to watch it again. I don't know. It's, it's, I know it's good. I just I don't want to watch it. So I don't know. Uh, remember the Titans is definitely iconic. Yep. Uh, I always catch a lot of heat. I think Rudy's a very boring movie. I never really got into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Rudy, but I'm, I'm just kind of over it. You know, I've kind of maxed out on Ruby, uh, Rudy, Ruby. 
Um, I mean, it's, I, I like it. I, I, and it's, it's more, it's less of a, f- like a great football movie, you know, cause football movies are almost like action movies in a way. It's kind of weird that way. And it's, there's no action in Rudy. It's not really a football movie. It's just a movie movie. And I like the movie part of it. And maybe that's, maybe that's my hang up with football movies is, is, you know, people who like football movies, like, like a lot of football and action. And I like good movies. And so that's why I like the one with the gray ghost and um, stuff like that, and Rudy, because they're just good movies, even outside of the football aspect of it. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of just burned out on it. I've seen Rudy enough times, and I, I don't care to see it again. And I, I actually like Notre Dame too, but uh, yeah. But uh, I can kind of see what you're saying about most most of the football movies. Uh, there's like love interests and everything else in the movie, and it's not, you know, like the football kind of takes a back seat. Yeah, in most football movies, I, I kind of see what you're where you're coming from. That uh, I guess if, uh, for a question, man, uh, I don't know. I've been going over bold predictions and uh, just kind of want to have want to see how you feel about them. Uh, so one of my main ones is um, Alan Lazard will get 1,200 yards receiving this year. Uh, I feel pretty good about that one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will have 40 total touchdowns, and I will go out on a limb. Not very characteristic of him, but it with eight interceptions. Huh. Uh, I think he's going to take uh, more bolder risks this year than he than he has most of his other years. Uh, my other real big bold. All right, let's pause there. I don't I don't hate any of them. The interception one obviously would be super uncharacteristic, like you said, but. Um... I'm fine with Lazard. I, I guess the question just is, I know it's going to go somewhere, and I'm not sure where. Lazard probably makes the most sense, um, but I would probably just take the under just because there's so many other options. You know, maybe the the extra yards get evenly distributed. Maybe somebody else takes a larger role. Maybe Christian Watson does emerge. Maybe Romeo Dobbs does emerge. Maybe, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins emerges. Maybe it's... Aaron Jones or Robert Tunyon could have a, a massive breakout, whatever. If any of those things happen, Lazard probably doesn't get to 1,200. It's only if Lazard does kind of emerge and, and suck up the majority of those extra yards from Devontae, um, which I think is probably most likely, but it's one of those things where it's there's like a 20% chance compared to all the other ones being you know, 18, 15, 10. So if I had to pick which player was going to crack 1,200, if you told me one did, I'd probably go Lazard. If you're saying, do you would you bet money that he does or doesn't? I would say doesn't. Just you know, because again, there's so many options. Forty touchdowns, I think, is completely fair. I mean, it's a high number. It really is. If you force me to pick over under, I'd probably go under. But you know, he had 37 last year, 48 the year before that, and then you know, 26, 25, 16. But again, I don't really expect much regression in terms of yards and touchdowns and things. I think they're just largely going to go to other people. I think Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to have a bunch of receiving touchdowns. I think the tight ends, you know, Tunyon, DeGuara, Mercedes, I think they're going to have a handful of of touchdowns in the red zone. Um, You're going to have Lazard. You're going to have Cobb, who's going to be real clutch in those, you know, short yardage red zone situations. You're probably going to see a little bit of Dobbs. You're going to see some Watkins, who's already kind of killing it in those two-minute, you know, situations. So, I, yeah, I, you know... It's fairly bold just because I think he's cracked it like three times in his career, but he's been largely close and he's averaged over the last couple of years, what, like 43, 44, something like that. 
So I could definitely see that. All right, go ahead and continue. Prediction, Quay Walker, 10 sacks his rookie season. Dang. I think he's going to see a lot of the field most of the season. Uh, obviously, bar an injury, I hate mentioning that word. But, uh, and then... Uh, All right, hold on. Let's let's look at that. So Quay Walker, 10 sacks. Obviously, and the thing that I've even said about, about Quay and, and that particular prediction... Um, is it just depends how they use them. I mean, if they unleash them as a, as a pass rusher regularly, yes, 100%. If they use them in a little, a little bit more of a reserved, true linebacker sense, then obviously not. Um, but I, I think there's every reason to do that. Now, they also may just mix it up. I saw even today in training camp, Devondre Campbell came in on a blitz. So you might see, you know, some of the time Quay stays back, some of the times Devondre stays back, which, by the way, Quay or uh, Devondre Campbell might be seeing... A, a massive uptick in sacks because why not send them? You got Quay standing back there, you know, but um, it sure is a heck of a bold prediction. Micah Parsons, who, you know, massively exceeded everybody's expectations as a human being period, much less a rookie had 14 sacks. The next highest was Jerome Baker was six. So um, if you look at the year before that, Devin white led the league with nine. The year before that, Jamie Collins led the league with eight. So, I mean, as far back as I can go, it's only, ha- you know, 6, 7, 8 is kind of, you know, 8 in 2017, 2016, 6. Um, so, yeah, Clay, Clay Matthews listed here when he played linebacker had 9. So I'm going to say it's less than 10, but I'll tell you what, if he can get 5, 6, 7, that's pretty massive. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking once every other game. That's, that's pretty big especially since he's going to come on blitzes like, what, once or twice or three times a game, maybe? So to capitalize on that, you know, once every other game, that's that's pretty huge. So I'll, I'll comfortably take the under. If he does crack 10, then yeah, defensive player of the year is basically, defensive rookie of the year is, is pretty well locked up. All right, let's see what you say about Rashawn. Uh, yeah, Rashawn Gary, he, uh, he catapults himself to where even Bears, Vikings fans have to realize he's one of the best in the game those are uh the like my main bold bold predictions yeah he got cut off there at three minutes but it looks like he was about done um yeah i i think that is the case i I think it's still still at a point where if packer fans speak honestly about rashawn being one of the top pass rushers in football bears vikings lions fans will say you guys are just being biased ridiculous you know he's he's they're at the stage where they're saying he's good. He's not that good. You guys are overhyping him. He's he's not top ten. Is, is probably what they would say, which is incorrect. He absolutely based on what he did yet last year, he one hundred percent is. He's top five for sure, um, if not top three, top two, whatever. But yeah, I mean, if, if he gets to the point where the sack numbers are up, which is the only thing that that is going to hinder that, then yeah, there's there's no more debate. The, the only thing that's going to happen is they're they're going to stick with the big names, and it'll be you know okay, fine, he's good, but he. He's not a Bosa. He's not a Watt. He's not uh, the the Browns guy, Miles Garrett. Even though the numbers are going to be better, you know the, the the sacks will be up there. The pressures will be way higher. But the the refusal to you know put him above the big names that'll probably still remain. But again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as Rashawn is on our team, wrecking everybody else's hopes and dreams. They can believe whatever nonsense they want to believe. Um, Tom's still kicking out there. What's going on, man? Hello, Packernet After Dark. Hi. This is Thomas Austin. Oh, hey. I have survived the grueling gauntlet that those people tried to put on me. 
the last guy, the Vikings guy. The last survivor. I just told him, hey, Aaron Rodgers walks into a bar, and this guy just kept laughing and laughing and laughing until he exploded. Wow. It was wild. Wow. Anyway, uh, what has been a controversy? I don't know how, why I just said it like that. Mm-hmm. What has been a controversial event that has taken place recently in the NFL that you des- that you think deserves to be talked about a little bit more often? So it could be, you know, a player and a certain thing that happened with him and 30 other people. Okay. Or it can be about how the Patriots have been known to be discovered uh, as cheaters. Sure. So many times before and nothing yeah. has ever happened. Right. Like truly ever happened. Uh, question. I feel like you're kind of just giving, giving me an answer to, to, to say, um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess the Watson thing probably, I mean, it's talked about a lot, but, um, it's, it's almost just kind of, I guess, from my perspective, crazy that we're, we're just having conversations about it, you know, where it's just kind of like, Oh, what should we do about it? And what did it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to turn this into a whole thing, but I feel like there are people who, if they were not in Deshaun Watson's situation, would be spending a long time, a long, long time in prison. And now we're trying to decide how much of the hundreds of millions of dollars he gets to keep in his bank account and how quickly he can go back to work and try to win Super Bowls. You know what I mean? It just kind of makes you throw your hands up and go, whatever, dude, I don't know. And that's with all these guys. You know, Antonio Brown, we, we talk so cavalierly about it. The guy should literally be in prison for the things he's done. And instead, it's just kind of like, should he be allowed to be on a football team? It's like, what are you talking about? Do you have any idea what he's done? But he has a lot of money, and he's famous, and he has great lawyers, and so he doesn't have to pay for what he's done. Football players that, you know, maim their children just right back after. You know, it's, it's just over and over and over again. But, um, yeah, the, the whole thing is just kind of absurd, I guess. But anyways, we'll get off that topic. I don't know why that was your question, but uh, what's next? Number two, <clears throat> if, for whatever reason, yep. Zadarius came back to becoming a Packer, yep. would you accept him? Yes. Question number three <laughs> is, uh, lost train of thought, there's a person. I guess the bigger question would be, would he accept the Packers and would the Packers locker room accept him? I I would. I don't care. If he's coming here to get sacks for the Packers, cool, I guess. You know, I mean, I don't know what's left in the tank, but I'm sure it'll be fine. I'd be more than happy to have him over whoever our third pass rusher is going to be, you know, Garvin or Tipa or Hamilton or whatever. Um, but it sounded like, it seemed to me there was a very serious rift in that locker room is the impression I got. So uh, that would be a bigger and more important question than than my opinion. I don't know. Electric wheelchair. Anyway, um, question number... You're on an electric... Are you at the grocery store? And you're just tooling... I I hope you are. That would be amazing. Three. What's your favorite uh, flavor of slushy? All right. Bye. Dude, I haven't had a slushy in so long. We... I remember being a kid walking down to the 7-Eleven and getting slushies. And they'd always have that, like, they'd have the slushy cups, you know, the small, medium, large slushy cups. But then they had, like, the mega that is just for, like, soft drinks. But I would always fill that up with the slushy. 
and they'd let you get away with it sometimes. And then after a while, they'd be like, okay, you can do it this time, but never again. You're like, oh, yeah, my bad, whatever. And then you just keep doing it. Um, I don't know what my favorite flavor was. Again, I, don't, I, I, I haven't had one. I'm trying to think when the last time I would have had one would have been. I mean, the last time I walked down to that 7-Eleven, like as a kid, I was maybe, I don't know, 10 years old. I should just go get a slug. You know what? I feel like I've had, and, and here this might even be my answer, because I don't even remember the other flavors, but one that is absolutely delicious is the Coca-Cola slushies. Coke slushies, dude. Man. And then when it melts, you just got a Coke, you know? It's, it's delicious. Those are good, though. But I kind of want to just go get a slushie now. Got a couple calls pouring in, so we'll see what we can get to here. We got a couple from Garrett and uh, some from John. What's up, Garrett? What's up, Garrett? Hey, Ryan. Hey, what's hey, going I was on? just uh, watching the live stream yesterday, and a couple quick observations yep. was one. Um, I think Clayton needs to go easy on the tooth whitener. All I right. think if he uh, turned all the lights off, he kind of looked like Ross from Friends, where his teeth was glowing. And uh, two, um, <laughs> if there ever, I will pass that along. He needs to cool. Maybe I don't know if he's a coffee drinker. We could just get him to. Uh, Get him on some coffee, you know, kind of darken it up a little bit or start smoking. There is a podcast that includes Coach Hahn and uh, Sam. I think it should call, be called uh, Goldie and Hahn. And uh, the go. other thing is when it comes to uh, preseason, I just saw that um, it looks like Love is going to get the start. Yep. And I was just wondering if you think that we're going to see a lot more of uh, Love when it comes to fourth quarters and the games are being blown out, that uh, we can start seeing him play a lot more. Have a good uh, Monday, and we'll talk to you later. I hope so, man. That was what I was just talking about. The Packers need to start blowing teams out. And um, although I don't really see a whole lot of 45-point scoring offenses necessarily, if the defense can do its job and pitch shutouts, um, and hopefully the offense can reciprocate by at least getting to 20-some-odd points, then, yeah, fourth quarter, what's the point? Go ahead and see Jordan at least for half of it or whatever. See how it goes. So, um, I'm not necessarily expecting it, but it sure would be nice. Uh, Garrett with the follow-up. Hey, also, real quick, I was wondering about when they cut guys down to the 50-man, 53-man roster. Yeah. Um, train in your who would you want to see background. sent down to the practice squad, and who would you like to see them keep just to protect them from uh, the chance that maybe another team like the Bears or Denver would, uh, you know, try to come in and snatch some of those guys up because – we know that right. you know Denver and Chicago has former coaches that would probably pick these guys up just out of familiarity, like uh, Juwan Winfrey or someone like that. And I was just wondering who you want to keep and and which side of the ball would you rather go a little bit uh, you know lesser on? Would it be uh, offense or defense that you would rather have bolstered with more guys? Because my preference, I would like to see them keep more wide receivers and protect some of those guys from uh, being snatched up by other teams. So I'm just wondering what you thought about that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm less concerned about, you know, trying to hurt other teams by stashing them on. We need to focus on how do we make our team really good. Um, and if we don't think that they fit that criteria, then we can cut them. And if somebody else decides that they want to take them, if Denver's like, oh, we can make them awesome, or Chicago, which they might. You know, you mentioned Juwan Winfrey. If we cut Juwan, 
maybe the Bears snatch him up and could activate him on the uh, their roster, which legitimately he would probably be a day one starter. Um, and yeah, that's not great, but at the same time, how scared are you of a team that is now looking at Juwan Winfrey as maybe the number two wide receiver on their team? You know what I mean? It's Darnell Mooney and then Juwan Winfrey. I I don't know. I, I, I'm not super worried about it, um, especially if we've made the determination that we don't really see a future for them here. As far as more offense or more defense or what do we want to have more of, it kind of just depends. You know, the, the whole thing with wide receiver, I, I don't really see the need to stash more wide receivers because I don't think it really helps overall in terms of, like, I understand that's an area of weakness, but having more guys further down the depth chart doesn't make it stronger. It's just more guys sitting on the bench, you know? So I think the if we call it six, I think six is more than sufficient. Um, I would look more to, you know, outside linebacker, areas where we are going to be rotating necessarily. You know, we, it's already going to happen. So keeping some extra guys that are going to get more snaps and more opportunities to learn and to grow and everything else. That would be a benefit. Um, but then again, special teams is a big thing. So I'm looking square at like the linebackers and especially the safeties and corners. You know, an opportunity to keep Keyshawn Nixon, which he, we probably keep him anyways. But, you know, you got Levitt. You've got maybe Tariq Carpenter, but I don't think he's going to make the team. Um, Rico Gafford, Keandre Thomas, whoever it is that, that you like as a special teamer, Sean Davis, Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie, Ray Wilborn. That's more of what I'm looking at. So, you know, having more guys doesn't bolster your starters. So it's a depth issue and it's a special teams issue when you get further down the the roster. Next caller, you're on the air. Ryan, Chris from Sun Prairie, longtime listener, first time caller. Down the street, man. What's going on? Hey, I think one of the keys to the Packers defense this year is Devondre Campbell. And I've been trying to figure out if it's a a flash in the pan, 2021, or if maybe there's something to this um, change in defensive coordinator and we've unlocked uh, a great player because of our scheme. When he was in Arizona, he was under Mr. Vance Joseph, yeah. former Broncos coach, recent, recently turned defensive coordinator. What does PFS say linebackers have done under Vance Joseph? Have they underperformed? Um, if so, maybe that means that Devontae Campbell is actually um, a product of our new scheme. Thanks, Ryan. Fair question. So first of all, to give a sort of a full summary, he was with Atlanta from 2016 to 2019, then Arizona in 2020, and then Green Bay. Um, his grades throughout his career, 55, 69, 56, 51, 49, 85. So aside from his 169, almost a 70 overall grade, he's been hovering in the 50s for four of his five years, pretty much his entire career, and then kind of exploded. So I could dig into Vance Joseph, but I don't really necessarily see that as a fruitful exercise. Um, But there is a question of, you know, is it possible that the scheme just caused him to be this great linebacker? And he he seems to have said that it, it does. I'm kind of torn and I'm I'm content to just kind of sit back and wait and see. I, I think my general stance is I think it's it's a little bit of both in terms of I think it's clear that he's benefiting from the scheme. I think he's going to benefit from Quay Walker as well, which is fantastic. 
Um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing I think is when he came here, he said he was allowed to just be a linebacker. There's a lot of other things linebackers are being asked to do in the NFL today, and, and Joe Barry basically allowed him to just be a linebacker. And with Quay there, he's even getting more taken off his plate, it would be my assessment of the situation. You know, he's got a guy helping him there. Um, but I also fully expect regression because a guy that's been, let's be honest, just flat out bad as a linebacker, I can't imagine he stays as the number one, number two linebacker in all of football. That seems impossible. But if he can stay, let's just say top 32, which is to say, you know, a good starter, if he can stay top 20, you know, because there's a hundred some odd linebackers that are going to play this year, um, I think that's fine. You know, I, I don't expect him to stay where he's at. You know, if you look at the last four years, just based on his coverage grade, 50, 40, 50, 80, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really see him as a dominant coverage linebacker. And somehow this year he was one. Seems a little odd to me. Um, and again, I'm sure the scheme plays some role in that, but really hard to imagine that it stays that way. The, the one really promising thing is there's different ways to get really high grades. Number one, be consistently good. Number two, be mostly garbage, but with some really elite games. And the good news is for Devondre Campbell, it was it was very high consistency playing good games. Um, 68, 80, 72, 84, 80, 71, 88, 51, 62, 69, 71, 48, 79, 67, 64, 85, 70. I mean, that's, that's across the board, almost all 70s. I mean, he didn't have his first bad game until week eight against Arizona. Um, and that was a 52. He only had two games that I can see below a 60. Um, it was the Arizona game and then the game against LA and that's it. So two bad games on the season is, is really, really impressive. So we will see, um, if my mouse would work, I can get us the next caller. There we go. John, what's going on, man? Hey, Justin. I've really enjoyed the past several podcasts about tipping servers and stuff. Hey, uh, I haven't called the last couple of days because I was hanging out with Tom Austin on Friday. Oh, were you chasing him? Next or? thing I know, it's Monday morning, and I've spent the last three days tripping balls <laughs> and feeling like I've had hundreds of hands on my body. Yeah, it was crazy, man. Tom is, a but I feel really good about myself. Party you know, animal. Yeah. Hey, where's my pants? <laughs> uh, seriously. That's the last time I have one of Tom's number 12 special drinks. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. Well, uh, maybe once more. Hit me again, Big T. Go, Pat, go. <laughs> so that now now I think it kind of makes sense. I, I thought, see, and, 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 and I guess I should have seen this coming because Thomas Austin, I thought he was under duress. Um, I thought he was in need of help. Turns out he's been on a drug binge, which makes sense because he – he called crying. Then he said people were chasing him. And then he literally told us that um, one of the people chasing him exploded before his very eyes simply from him speaking words. So I don't know why it, I didn't put the pieces together that he decided to try ayahuasca for the first time. And um, it's been several days. I don't think it's supposed to last that long. I, I feel like he's continually using it. And um, anyways, John, if you're still with Tom, if you could help him that would be great because we need we need tom back and he's kind of struggling anyways john uh you called back what's up man hey ryan hey your buddy john from phoenix how you doing so more seriously it's literally one minute later so <laughs> it's kind of funny one minute later he calls like we haven't talked in a week um 
How many times do you think that Fields will be sacked on Saturday by the Ooh. Chiefs? And uh, conversely, Ooh, you're get, I, ooh, mm, mm. I thank you so much for this call, John. I'm going to let you finish while I sit here. and. <sighs> How many interceptions do you think Love is going to throw? Oh, why'd you do 49? that? Just a couple questions that popped into my head. I had to ask him. Go, Pat, go. Leave it to Mr. Mr. Uh, drug binge over here to get me all, get me on a high and then bring me right back down. Um. I guess we'll start with Jordan Love's worst question ever. How many interceptions against the 49ers? Um, I I, I want to say zero just to be like, you know, ah, in your face. It's going to be at least one, I think. Uh, he's been pretty consistent in throwing interceptions. Just in his career, college, pros, preseason, uh, training camp, etc. He threw another one today um, to Chris Barnes, I believe. So it's been a bit of an issue, and so I would just assume that at some point, because I think he's going to get a lot of playing time, I would be shocked if Danny Atling gets an entire half, which is to say Jordan Love is going to be playing, I would assume, three quarters, and then Atling maybe gets a fourth quarter or something like that. Maybe he won't. Maybe maybe they won't give him that much because they're afraid of him getting hurt or something. I don't know, but um, I'll say one for Jordan Love, and if it's more than that, then that sucks. How many times, though, is Justin Fields going to get sacked by the Chiefs? Man, let me tell you about it. First of all, for, for those of you that are asking, is he even going to play? Yes. Yes, he is going to play. That That is my understanding is the uh, starting offense will be out there in full force. I guess the first question is how long? Let me see if I can figure that out. According to uh, Mr. Eberflus, he does want to see the starters, and he says he wants to see them a good amount. You know, the Jaguars had a bunch of sacks in that Hall of Fame game. I think I mentioned Arden Key had two sacks. Trayvon Walker had a sack. Uh, Deshaun Dixon had a sack. Israel Antoine, Grant Morgan. You know, the offensive line for Chicago has been a bit of a disaster. And that's true of the Packers as well. But we're trying to stay focused on the Bears here. It's been a disaster, right? And so let's say they play a half. Let's say the Chicago Bears offense plays a half. And maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll just be a quarter. I don't know. But let's say it is a half. I'm going to say three sacks against the, the, the number two Chiefs unit, against the number one Bears offensive line. I'm still saying three. I, I just, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I wasn't even thinking about other games that we get to watch as far as the preseason. I've been so excited about the Packers game and how wonderful that's going to be. And it hasn't even dawned on me that the potential to watch other games exists. In fact, it starts on Thursday. I wonder if I should just start doing some watch parties, man. Just just, just because I can. Thursday's kind of boring, though. They, it's all AFC except for the Giants. Giants, Patriots, Titans, Ravens. I mean, it's something to do. Friday, we got the Packers at 7.30, but we also got Lions at 5. We could do a Lions watch party and then just roll that right into the Packers, man. If I just want to sit down here all day, which is what I'm doing now anyways with my two podcasts and everything else going on. But then Saturday, we got the Bears. Could do Bears on Saturday. We got Bills Colts at three. Uh, bunch of other games. We got Seattle, but I don't think I care. But then Tampa's at 6.30. Saints at seven. Dallas at eight. Rams at nine. Just keep this thing going. Just do like a 10-hour stream like we do with the draft. Just keep it going. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I could do it, though. It's preseason, and it's going to be backups. I don't think I could look at the Lions backups for that long and care. 
I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. And then Sunday is the Vikings. So there's that. I would be interested enough to maybe do a little bit. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just, just things. But yeah, I'm going to say three. Anyways, I'm going to cut it off there. We got uh, two more callers, but um, I just, you know, we're over an hour. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, thanks for the calls, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.